0: Welcome to the Giraffe Social Media Podcast. It's what social media managers are talking about. I'm Chloe Bellchamber, and on today's episode, I'm direct messaging founder of the B2B podcasting agency, Fame, Tom Hunt. We'll be discussing how businesses should leverage their podcasts to create unlimited, engaging content for their social channels. Welcome to the podcast, Tom.
1: Hi, Clay. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Our absolute pleasure. There's something always satisfying about interviewing podcast experts on our Mm. podcast. It's very meta. Um, Yeah.
1: (laughs) And also, typically, they have good sound. Or you would hope.
0: Always good sound. They always outdo me when it comes to sound. So something for me to pick up Mm. my game there. But (laughs) sounding very crisp today. Thank you. Um, well, before we jump into things, why don't you start by telling us a little bit more about Fame and all the work you do over there?
1: Yeah, so Fame started because I was a uh, head of marketing at a B2B software company, and I, I really owe this company because I started a podcast because I was like, there's there are these people that I think we should learn from to sell to, etc. Long story short, podcast like went really well, I like saw the power of a B2B show. And so after a year or so left and then asked them if they'd like to be our first client and then they became the first client. I then hosted that show for a further 200 episodes. I got kicked off being a host a couple of months ago, but it's all good. They're still a client. And then, so then all fame is really is we've taken that process that we built and then have uh, iterated on that over time to essentially help b2b companies start and grow podcasts
0: mm-hmm. well i love that you kind of left this one job that had a good enough relationship that you bought them on to your to your new agency that's awesome
1: <laughs> yeah for, i mean credit credit to ebster.com um for allowing me to do that
0: yeah uh well tom we're here to talk about using podcasts to create engaging social content but before we do i want to know Why should B2Bs be investing in podcasts in the first place?
1: Great question. Really good question. I think there's probably two good reasons. Reason number one.
0: Talk us through.
1: Reason number one is that a really good way to, like, network in an industry is to, like, do stuff with people. Have you ever noticed, if you, like, go traveling with someone just one person you get really bonded to them have you been traveling before chloe
0: yes yes i have
1: cool okay and you probably went with a person or multiple people and after you're like really bonded with them Mm
0: -hmm. or just sick of them but yes (laughs) or
1: sick of them exactly but traveling is a little bit more extreme but but so going back to the point we're it's really good to to like, if you're trying to grow your company in in an area, it's really good to network within the area, right? And the best way to build relationships with, with people is to do things with them, do like slightly scary, like things together. And so a really good way of doing that is by creating content together, specifically audio slash video content, because it's a little bit more scary than like co-creating a blog post on Google Docs where you're not even speaking to each other. And so let's say you're entering this new industry and you start a show and then you do a hundred episodes, each with with influencers or potential customers in your niche. Then after the hundred episodes, let's say it's a weekly show and it's two years, you've done a you've done hundred episodes, then you're going to have 100 strong relationships with players in that niche. And that probably means that with through the audiences of those people, you're going to be able to like get through to most people in the niche, depending on the size of the niche, obviously. So that's number one. It's like going through like this emotional journey of creating content together forms really good relationships. Not that you're trying to just sell to the people you bring on show, but you're, you're going to build relationships with them. They're going to like you. So in the future, they're going to refer you business or they may even become a customer. That's mm-hmm. step number one. Step number two or, or point number two here is actually why we call our business fame, so our business is is called fame because the, the result of running a b two b podcast well is that your your host and your business become famous there 's a two step formula for, for for getting famous. If you think about Taylor Swift, my favorite example she does she, all she 's done in country music first and then in pop music second is two things first. She just creates re- like a lot of really, really good content in a specific niche, e.g. country music. That's step one. Step two is that she's just seen around other famous people in their niche. So she, she'll go on to like other country music songs. She'll like do albums, collaborating with famous country music people. She did that in both country music and pop music. So that's the formula. Step one, create a lot of really good content. Step two, seen around other famous people in the niche. And so going back to the B2B podcasting example, you start a show. Let's say we're going to start a show about email marketing. We do 100 episodes. Every email marketing expert in the world has been on the show. So we get exposure to their audiences. We're getting slightly better at creating that content. So after 100 episodes, we we produce the best email marketing podcast in the world. And we've been seen around the other 100 famous people in email marketing. After that, your host of the show and your business should be famous in the world of email marketing. So that's why I think people should do B2B podcasts.
0: Totally. I mean, it sounds like a winning formula. If Taylor Swift Mm. can do it, so can we. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Moving into the content side of things now, though, from what I understand, there are three main benefits to repurposing your podcast. The first is to reach a wider audience. The second, to drive traffic to your website. And then the third is to position yourself as a bit of an expert. Um, So how would this content differ depending on each objective?
1: Good question. So drive traffic to website, position as expert, and what was the, the other one?
0: The third one is uh, to reach a wider audience.
1: To reach a wider right audience. Yeah, I think reaching a, a wider audience and driving traffic to a website are like two alternate poles. They're like, if you're trying to do one, you're not going to be able to do the other. And the big trend, so we'll start on these two and then we'll move to the other one. There's a big trend on social networks to like really avoid sending people off of their platform and it makes sense right linkedin does not make money from ads if someone makes a post and it sends a shed load of traffic off their platform and so i would actually or the big trend that i'm starting to jump on the bandwagon now is to actually stop putting content on our own domain at all and only just pumping it into the places where your ideal listeners are mainly social like platforms like reddit core etc and so just Almost without a thought for your website traffic stats, how can we get as much engagement on the social platforms as we can? Because if someone really wants to like know who you are or like come and buy your stuff, they're going to check out your profile and see that you work for or at this place. So I would actually try to devalue sending traffic to the website for now, because that will come if you help and educate um, enough people through pushing the content onto the social platforms. And the other one would yeah like be seen as a thought leader again. I think that's optimized by just like getting as much attention on the content within the platforms themselves first. That like reflects good on you, and it also will build the audience for the show because if you're like adding enough value there, people will Google either your site or your show. So mm-hmm. that's that's how I probably approach that.
0: Yeah, perfect. And so what's the best format to repurpose your episode highlights? Is it video? Obviously, we know video really just outperforms everything at the moment, but is text the way to go? Maybe just static imagery? Does one stand out from the other in your opinion?
1: It's a good question. I think it really depends on the your like ideal like listener or ideal mm-hmm. audience member. Because maybe in some niches, and I'm trying to think off the top of my head, like there may be one specific niche. We have one client podcast. It's called Knowledge Based Ninjas, and it's just about technical writing and how mm-hmm. to build an effective knowledge base. And what we see there is, for, for that show, obviously we're pulling out the full-length video, we're pulling out the video clips, we're making images, we're making key takeaways and transcripts for their blog, that actually the written either social posts or uh, blog posts perform the best. And that could just be chance, or it could be because the people who are ideal listeners prefer consuming written content versus image, audio, or even video. Mm -hmm. So I think it really depends on who your ideal customers are. But the way, I mean, the way you find that out is either by asking them, if you have listeners, I always like recommend to like try and get a listener on like a 10 minute call, just ask them what they like or dislike about the show or just send a survey. The other way to do that is by just creating them all Mm -hmm. and then seeing what performs the best.
0: Definitely, definitely. And what what sort of? I mean, you've mentioned a few there. We can do blog posts, key takeaways, little uh, video snapshots. Are there any kind of out of the box content mm. ideas? And perhaps we'll get into this bit later. Um, that really kind of help your podcast shine.
1: Yeah, I think so. You pretty much listed them all. There's like the carousel on the link on LinkedIn. There isn't anything. I mean, we haven't done it yet, but I'm sure like you could, if you really spend a lot of time, like. Do TikTok style videos and just like smash it. I know a couple of shows that have done that, but we haven't done it. Like my first million is a podcast that have done that really well. The all in podcast is the podcast that have done that really well. So I think there's, like essentially is like pulling out image, writing, video or audio from mm-hmm. the show, and that, that and so in all those different like mini formats, that's what you can do. But we maybe talk about this later. But I'm actually quite excited about something else.
0: Okay. Should we talk about that now? Tell us.
1: Okay, so if your show have like a consistent structure if every episode has a consistent structure let's say you have these five questions that you ask every guest or let's say for every episode you just focus on one specific thing and then ask the same questions an example of this is a podcast called metrics and chill all they do is they focus on a specific metric and then they just like ask the same five questions about the metric like how are you doing with the metric how do you improve it why is your metric important for example
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and then if you do this let's say you do 50 episodes this means you're going to have a database of 50 metrics and then like standard like, like data points right mm-hmm. and so what you're really building there is a, data, a valuable database of proprietary data that no one else has. So if you like Google Nathan Latker um, or go to like getlatker.com, which is all he's done with his show, like 500 episodes, maybe more, he just asks SaaS founders about like how they build the company, what their churn rates are, et cetera. And then he sells the data, right? If he's building his database through the podcast and he sells access to the database or metrics and chill. Or I, so actually, the, the reason I'm talking about this now. Is because when you have that database, you can do really cool things with other content. So let's say we go back to the email marketing example. And we're, all we're doing is we're, we're getting people with email lists. And we're saying, asking them, how many times do you send messages to your list? What is your favorite subject line? What's your average open rate? Do that for 50 times over a year. At the end of the year, we can say we have like the 2022 ultimate email marketing roundup like ebook right, which is like 50 pages of like pure data that no one else has. Mm-hmm. All right. And so so that's what I think is quite interesting and, and exciting.
0: Totally. I love that idea. And actually, mm. we, we do have our rapid recommendation segment coming up at the end of the show. So maybe there's an idea there. We can get all of our marketing experts' favorite recommendations and round them up. There we go. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> Now, uh, we're currently not sat in the same room. We are, you know, different ends of the country recording this episode. Um, So we have a lovely podcasting platform that allows us to do a video call at the same time as recording our audio. Um, But for podcast hosts who maybe share the same space as their co-hosts or their guests, or maybe they just, you know, host alone, is it worth them setting up some sort of camera so that they can capture this extra content um, if they're not using a platform like we are?
1: Yeah, we have seen that because there's two types of video snippets. There's like audio form and live. Audio form is just like with the image and a wave. Mm -hmm. We do typically see live snippets perform better, probably by like 10 to 20%. So that's the reason to do it. Also, like just putting the long form video on YouTube, you can do it with just like an image and maybe some audio form waves, but we always see the actual faces do better. So I probably would recommend doing that for like that slight uplift on YouTube views and his social engagement. Um, But then it depends, like I I probably wouldn't turn on your your budget as well. Like Mm -hmm. if it's of you talking to the camera, then maybe I would just get like a hundred dollar webcam. Sure.
0: Um,
1: If you have a studio and you're like going to be doing this for a couple of years and you have big budgets, then maybe you like spend a bit more.
0: Mm Absolutely. Absolutely. And then once we've create you know we've made this podcast we've recorded our episode and now we're looking to create this endless stream of content is there an expiration date on that so if we you know we post this clip from today that we've recorded in 6 months time is it going to be less impactful or is it kind of this evergreen content that ha- helps sort of drive traffic back to your podcast kind of a return on investment almost
1: yeah i think Yes and no, depends on the questions that you ask. So if you think back to the questions in this interview, I don't think, like, what we've spoken about today with, like, the state of social platforms, this content probably is going to be relevant for, like, six months. Though you may have asked me a question like, what if you're, like, like in the month of April uh what are you what are you working on now that's effective and maybe that question wouldn't be so effective and so you can the strategy i would take is either just with all of the questions that you ask on the show try not to make them time sensitive or like at least within a month Mm -hmm. um and then you just don't have to think about it if you are going to add more like time sensitive questions then you just would not repurpose that stuff or you just wouldn't post that in six months time but i think it's probably easier just to like make no time sensitive questions at all
0: Yeah, no, that's a good shout because I think, you know, sometimes we want to be topical when we're putting out podcasts and, you know, get more listeners in at the time. But thinking ahead, maybe it's best to kind of stray away from that stuff so that you can sort of come back and repurpose it Mm -hmm. as and when you see fit. Yeah. Awesome. So speaking kind of of the social platforms, is there a particular social media platform where podcast content tends to thrive?
1: I so for B2B, which is where we focus on, I would say LinkedIn right now is like the place to be. And it has been since like 2019. That could change. I know like a lot of B2B brands are moving to TikTok. I don't have much experience there. But I think that it could it could be big in the future. But right now I would like just focus all efforts on LinkedIn and Going back to what I said, I think it's super important to like try to avoid even like sending people back to a website. Mm-hmm. So I would just, if whether it's video or written or image, I would just try and pack all the value into the post. And then if you want to, just in the comments, say check out the full episode here. That is like what will actually work. Right now, if you just write a post with like a couple of lines and saying go and listen to the show, it's very unlikely that that is going to work.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. That's a really good point, actually. Um, And then so with these posts, who should we be targeting? Should we be trying to reach people who are already listening to your podcast or are we trying to encourage new listeners to tune in?
1: Yeah, so I would like with the post, what, what I'm trying to do is I'm really trying to just speak about something like controversial, valuable, exciting in the post That's going out to like potential listeners and existing listeners, but get them interested in that thing in the post and get them to think, oh, yeah, that's interesting. Check the comments, listen to the show and not even like almost not mentioning the show in like the in the post itself. Right. It's just like, can we make this person stop scrolling? Can we make them think for a little bit and can we like improve their lives in some little way? If we do that, they're going to come and find the show.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, no, that's great. And we've, you've kind of touched on a few really great podcasts that you listen to and that are sort of setting an example of what you should be doing. But I want to know what are some of the best cases where your clients have been able to create unlimited engaging content for their socials?
1: Yeah. So we, Going back to the example of the ebook, we we've done that with a couple of clients with we'll the with the technical writing one actually. I think mm-hmm. we're doing like a quarterly ebook, just summarizing the insights because most of the questions were the same. So each chapter was a question, and then we just put in the insights. Obviously, like we're there's like eleven guests mm-hmm. or something in there, so then we can post that, tag all the guests, and then that that like you're guaranteed a bit of distribution there because you get some likes, maybe even a share from mm-hmm. the guest. So that has worked pretty well. Um, I'm trying to think. Our best like content like distribution example is I think there's one client where we create like 13 videos for every episode, mm-hmm. and these videos are put on Instagram, TikTok. Though they're like they, they're posting on TikTok, I'm not doing it myself, so I don't know about mm-hmm. it yet. So it's like Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, blog post on their blog. And so that's probably the one like, where we're getting the most value. And it's like a big operation. like but It's a lot of work. But once you have the process nailed down, and everybody in the process knows exactly what to do and when, it does happen seamlessly. So you as the marketing manager or you as the CEO of the company can kind of step back once the process is working. So I think that's probably the best example where we're first so about 13 videos, blog post transcript, a few images, obviously the audio. So we're probably getting like 16 pieces of content from from the episode and so that's like the, the most we've got to so far and then as you mentioned like we're probably not posting them all within the week of the episode that they'll, they'll just get filtered through the social distribution of
0: that company over time Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess, you know, for the most part, you're working with B2B companies and they're working with an agency in turn. But for individuals or small businesses who kind of don't have the capacity to work with an agency and are running the whole, you know, cog of a podcast by themselves, what are your kind of top tips for making this really manageable and really easy in terms of, you know, doing these videos, creating the content? Is there kind of a nice process or is it a bit touch and go, learn as you go?
1: Yeah, so this is basically our business, right? So, but I'm happy to share secrets. <laughs> um, so what, what you really want to happen is that when a new guest books onto the show, you want all of the tasks for the whole show, for the whole episode to be like created, assigned to the right person with the right due date. Mm-hmm. And so you can set this up. We typically use Calendly for every client to book guests in, right? Calendly... F- have nice integrations with Zapier. Zapier is like a no-code tool. So what happens when a guest books in for any of our clients? They're like talks to Zapier. Zapier, uh, And then Zapier is going to do about 20 things automatically. Mm -hmm. And so seven of those things is creating a Trello card, assigning it with the right due date to the right person who needs to do that thing immediately so they can see what work they have going on. Zapier is probably also going to send a message in Slack telling the team for that podcast that we've booked a new guest. Mm-hmm. Zapier is going to create Google Drive folders and documents. So we have everything nicely and organized and it's the same for every episode. And it's going to, for example, we have an interview sheet, which is what we would type in questions, share with the guest. So it's going to actually create the, the interview sheet template from a Google Doc template we have so that then the researcher who's just been assigned that task on Trello, and that, that task on Trello links to the template we just created for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so then the researcher will just come in, research the guest, add the questions, Take it off, send it to the gas. Um, what else is Zapier doing? If like, if like, printing stuff into the into like a spreadsheet master tracker, so we can see what's going on. So I recommend anybody with a show that's trying to like systemize this thing should use something similar to that, so that all of like the project management headache is almost like eradicated and then you or your marketing manager who who's essentially going to be the project manager for this can just like oversee it and just ensure that this system works fine as mm-hmm. opposed to it just being like a complete um, shambles <laughs> for each episode.
0: <laughs> Definitely. There's a lot of organization that goes into it and we couldn't do it either without, you know, we use Asana to assign everyone's mm. tasks. So that is, yeah, a double endorsement there from the both of us.
1: <laughs> mm.
0: Uh, well, Tom, before we wrap things up, I did, you know, promise you we're going to be doing a new rapid recommendation segment where we find out what our guests have been loving and what they can't live without. Um, I've got three questions for you. If you'll, if you'll have me, are you ready? Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. Fabulous. Uh, my first question for you is what is one app or tool that you simply can't work without?
1: Mm. This one is a new one. It's called Monosnap, and it's just a screenshotting tool, but very easy to use. You can add little arrows, little boxes, and I think, especially when working with a remote team, like sometimes a screenshot can just like cut a conversation by like eighty mm-hmm. percent. So that's that's what I would say.
0: Okay, that's a good one. I have to look that up uh my second question for you is who is one brand or persona that you think is getting social right at the moment and this could be a podcast be, or an individual
1: yeah it has to be chris walker from refine labs he basically built the new model for demand generation and hit him and his whole company and i'll just crush linkedin so just go search chris walker and find out what he's doing
0: amazing and finally, what is one valuable resource, event, or group that you think our listeners should know about?
1: Mm, good question. I mean, I might have to share. I have a Facebook group called SaaS Marketer. It's got 11,000 people in. It's about SaaS marketing. I don't know if that's relevant for the audience. It's a good one, though. I, yeah. I put my my wisdom in there, so I don't know if that's appealing to people. <laughs> Aside from that, there's event, group, or resource. And I think we're going to have to stick with that.
0: That's perfect. I mean, based off this episode alone, I'm sure there is lots of valuable information in there. So the listeners Mm -hmm. should definitely go and check it out. Right. Well, that's all we've got time for today. Thank you so much for joining me, Tom. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or give us a follow if you're listening on Spotify. We would love to hear what you thought about today's interviews. So make sure you come and reach out on the socials. We'll be purposing a lot of content now after this uh, episode and let us know what you thought. Uh, But we've your off social media. You've been amazing. We'll see you next time.